I'm thankful for a God that stays through every storm, through every trial. Amen? What an awesome presence of God I feel in this place today. I am um, very honored to be up here today. I always take very, very much appreciate when Pastor trusts me to preach, especially when he's gone. <laughs> so he doesn't know what I'm saying until he listens to the podcast later <laughs> or the Spotify later. But um, I want to give honor to our pastor for allowing me to be up here and trusting me to, to minister to you guys. I don't take it lightly. Um, I want to give honor to the late Sister Heil. Um, she definitely impacts me every day. And I wouldn't be the woman I am today without her. And a lot of these words are influenced by her and you know, she's definitely has been a blessing in my life. I want to give honor to Sister Ange, who is also not here. She has also been a light in my life and guided me and directed me. And honor to my husband for always supporting me <laughs> through every all of the craziness that I put him through. He, he hasn't left me yet, so <laughs> he's a good one. <laughs> um, I don't plan on going too terribly long today. Um, it's a fairly simple topic, but... Uh, it's kind of similar to what Brother Wilson was teaching on Wednesday night. I was like, oh, good, he's teaching my message again. <laughs> uh, but it just means that God really wants someone to hear this. So, you know, if we will let him do what he wants, God is going to do um, amazing things today. Amen. Um, I am going to jump right into the word today, and I'm going to start off by reading in Psalms uh, 139, verse 14. Yes, okay. <laughs> it says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. If we can go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Thank you, God, for this wonderful day, for everything you have done in this service so far. I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive this word from you today, God, that you allow me to speak what you need us to hear today, God, that you allow us to be sensitive to your spirit and that we can leave this place refreshed and with our hearts and our minds set on you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So I don't know about many of you, but I am a firm believer in retail therapy. <laughs> I love it, which I know is a bad thing and can be a really bad thing when you have little to no self-control like I do in a store. <laughs> I am the kind of friend that when you ask me, hey, I, I, I was thinking about buying this. Do you think I should? I'm always like, yeah, go for it. I'll never say no. I support you in whatever you want. I I I. I am a firm believer, and I will always say, go for it. Treat yourself. <laughs> Don't ever rely on me to talk you out of buying something, because if you want something and you ask me, do you think you should get it, I will say yes. So if you don't want to buy it, <laughs> don't ask me if you should buy it, because I'll say you should. So I know it's not a good thing, um, but I get so much enjoyment, you know, from going to Walmart for absolutely no reason, just for fun, and finding things that I don't need, <laughs> and, I, and I buy them anyways, because they bring me joy. I like it. Like just yesterday, we were at Walmart for something we actually needed, but I saw this cute little mug, and it was so cute. It was only like $5. <laughs> I was like, you know, if you've ever been to my house, you will know I don't need any more mugs. I have probably like 200 mugs in my house. The top of my cabinets in my kitchen, we have the cabinets that have the opening at the top. Yeah, it's just mugs. 
and mugs and mugs all along the top of them, and then our cabinet is full of mugs. But you know what I did? I bought that mug anyways because <laughs> it brought me joy, and I like it. And you know what? I am a collector. It's a collector's item, so it's okay if I buy more. They're, it's a collection. So if I have one, if I see one that I don't have and I don't want it, I can just get it. <laughs> so I knew, you know, I didn't need a mug, but it was cute, and it was a fall mug, and I don't have very many fall mugs. You know, I've got Christmas mugs, and then I have just like every other day mugs, but I don't have anything that says fall. So I bought it, <laughs> and it made me happy. And in my mind, I justified it, because sometimes you just need to treat yourself. Amen? <laughs> so I, I just, you know, I, I justify it. We, you know, we, I do that all the time. We all do it. We justified it because sometimes you just need to treat yourself. You deserve it. You deserve that coffee from Dunkin' before you go run some errands. Amen. I thought I'd get more amens, especially from Sister Carissa. <laughs> you deserve that dessert because you've been working so hard this week and eating so good. You deserve to eat that dessert this weekend. Or if you're me, you deserve that boba from Lola's because you haven't had one in a while. I really want a boba. <laughs> Lola's? has really good boba drinks. So as much as I love a good treat yourself moment when I'm shopping, today I'm going to be talking about how we need to treat ourselves with love. We live in a world where it seems like everyone is comparing each other and we get sucked right into it and we compare ourselves to others and to other people. And social media has made it even easier <laughs> to do that. You open Facebook and bam, Everyone is sharing their photos of their lives. Oh, look, he got a new job. He's making more money than me now. Good for him. Oh, look, she's lost a bunch of weight. She looks great. Oh, I'm so happy for her. She looks good. Oh, that fam. Oh, look at that family. They're traveling in Hawaii. Must be nice. Oh, look, she got pregnant again. Oh, I wonder when it would be my turn. Or, oh, she's wearing a new dress that I know came from this boutique that I know is so expensive. <sighs> I wish I could afford something like that. It must be nice. Or, man, he's been hitting the gym. He's looking jacked. He looks good. I wish I, wish I looked like that. Man. And then we have celebrities shoving their fake beauty in our face, and we compare ourselves to them, and we think they're so beautiful and think, man, I can never be that pretty. And, well, it's true because they can't even be that pretty. <laughs> They're not that pretty. They've got filters. They've got professional photographers. They've got, you know, they can afford the, you know, people to tell them how to, their trainers when they work out. They, they can afford all that. And, you know, we're never going to look like that because, like I said, they don't even look like that. The Internet is full of fakeness, of filters, of, of only what people want you to see. And I have a big hatred towards how social media has affected our society. And there have been tons of studies that show how the increase in social media has led to an increase in mental health issues. And it's because social media is fake. It's fake. And, you know, we all do it. We all think of, um, you know, putting, we only put what we want people to see, like, oh, I'm on vacation. Let me post a picture of me on our vacation. You know, it's fun. We want people to see we're having fun. But we don't post that I just had an argument with my husband and now we're really mad at each other. Let me post a picture of how mad I am. You know, we don't, we don't do that. We post the best of ourselves on social media. You know, we share what's fun and what we enjoy, but you don't see the full picture of someone just from their social media. 
And we still forget that and we still find ourselves comparing ourselves to what we see on the phone or on the TV, even though we forget that that's not who that person really is. And it's easy to look in the mirror and point out our flaws. We all do it and we all think of, if we could just improve those flaws, we'd be better. If I could just get rid of this, you know, I have, I have a little acne right now, <laughs> breaking out, you know, as people do. And, I, you know, if I could just get rid of this acne, I'd be prettier. You know, I would look better. I'd be more aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Or if I could just lose some weight, then I would be, I would be prettier. You know, or if I could just gain some muscle, then I, w- I would look better and people would like me more. We say if, if, if. And we say all those ifs. And then we get upset when we don't achieve them. And then we tell ourselves that we aren't good enough because you don't live up to society's standards. of that, that makes you feel like you are lesser of a person. Well, I'm here today to tell you to stop it. Everybody hold out your hand. Stop it. Thank you. <laughs> I want to come back to our opening scripture, Psalm 139:14. if we can put it up on the screen again. It says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. It says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. So what does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, fearfully made, the, uh, the Hebrew word, getting all in, in, the, in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is yare, yare, with the, the r on the r that I can't do very well, yare. <laughs> Um, It's translated fearfully in in the English language. It says fearfully, but it isn't about being scared or, uh, you know, being terrified of something. It's rather about being in the presence of what is sacred. This type of fear is like in a sense of awe or astonishment that we get, like seeing the sunrise over the mountaintops or holding a newborn baby. It's just like, wow, just in awe. Fearfully made means that there is this mysterious awesomeness about God Calling an individual into being. He's called all of us and created all of us into what we are. You know, we aren't just cranked out on a human human being conveyor belt. Like, we're not just being pushed out and we're all the same and we're repeats. It's God designing us in our own individual way. Each of us is crafted by God in his image, but also designed specifically to be who we are and to fulfill the purpose that God has planned for us. So that's what fearfully made means. It just means being in awe. We, have, we are made in the wonderfulness of God. Wonderfully made, translated from the Hebrew word pala, reinforces the notion of our um, individual craftsmanship and purpose. So the, this phrase, wonderfully made, means to be that we are created distinct, set apart, or distinguished from other creations. So our design biological, physical, mechanical, functional, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of these designs reflects our God's expansive knowledge of intelligence and wisdom and creativity. So we look at one person and we compare them to the other. Their talents are completely different than the other one's talents and they can do things that this one can't do. And it's all because God has designed us that way and he's designed us on this massive you know, spectrum and we all are different. And we are wondrous and awesome in every way because of God. And that's what, that was God's idea. So Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are his craftsmanship. He has created us. He has molded us. Our bodies, they move us. Our bodies heal. Our bodies help us perceive things to smell, to touch, to taste, to, you know, function even in our sleep. Our bodies know to just keep moving and to keep breathing. You don't have to tell yourself, breathe in, breathe out. We don't have to tell our heart to pump blood to, through our whole body. Our bodies just do that. It's instinctual. Our bodies house our souls with, you know, creativity, with loving, sacrificing, worshiping, and noble capacities. God is a designer. He created us. He's a mathematician, an artist. He's a mechanic, a biologist, a philosopher, all rolled into one because he's created all of these things. He's created us. And he has rolled into one, our Father, who has created us and who loves us. Our existence is to testify his own greatness. Amen? (laughs) Preach with me now. (laughs) So everyone has their own DNA code that is so unique that only... That's how we identify people is my DNA is completely different than yours. My fingerprints are completely different than yours. And mine will be different than anyone that was in the past and anyone to come. And that's a lot of people (laughs) to, to be, I don't know about you, but my, my brain uh, is very limited (laughs) on creating things. I used to be very artistic and I love it. But nowadays when I sit down and I want to draw something, it's just like a flower and it's usually the same flower, and I can't make anything new. (laughs) And the fact to me that God can create so many different people that are all completely different, and there has not been a repeat, is just astonishing to me, that God puts so much detail into every one of us. It's in God's word from Genesis to Revelation, filled with stories of people so different from each other, yet they are all still seen and loved and known by God no matter their background, no matter how they look, no matter what they came from, and that is still present to today, that God has created so many people, and it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter what your background is, where you've come from, it doesn't matter your knowledge, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that he loves you for who you are, because he has made you. We don't lose our individuality or our distinction from one another because we are all different. And it comes into the body of of Christ. As we come to Christ, we are built to be a body as one unit, but just because we are all together as one unit, we are still individually made, and that's what makes our body move, and that's what makes the body function. We learn to function in the unity as one in Christ. So the next time you look at yourself and you speak negatively, you know, you look in the mirror and your first instinct is, ugh. It's something negative. I want you to stop yourself, put your hand out, and say, stop it. (laughs) I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Treat yourself with love and with respect. You have to treat yourself like you are a child of God. Now, I'm not saying you need to go and be boastful. Galatians 6.3 says, for anyone that thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So God doesn't want us to be boastful. We can be proud that we are a child of God, but we don't want to go and tell the whole world, oh, God loves me so much. I'm so talented. I'm just the best thing ever. No, he doesn't want, he doesn't want that. We are called to be humble creations of God. But I don't want you to find in your humbleness that you're putting yourself down. Being humble doesn't mean being negative about yourself. 
It just means lifting others above you and being respectful to others. So when God tells you to be humble, it doesn't mean you have to get the permission to go around and say, oh, I'm so ugly, I'm so untalented, I'm the, I'm wor- I'm the worst. That's not being humble, that's being negative. It's being mean. Respect yourself. Treat yourself with love and respect. So it's in our human nature to fall and to fail, and, but we can't let that bring us down. You, yes, you gotta get back up. You have to give yourself grace because God gives us grace. His grace and his forgiveness is endless and it's boundless. And we need to learn to give that kind of grace and respect to ourselves. That just because you have fallen and you've made a mistake doesn't mean you're any less worthy of God's love, of God's grace. It doesn't mean that you're any less worthy of giving yourself love and grace and respect because we are all human. The Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory of God, which means that there is no mistake that you make. That means you are not perfect in God's eyes. It doesn't mean that when you make a mistake, you're all of a sudden, that's it. Your life is over. God hates you. You can't do anything for him ever again. One mistake doesn't define you. Two, any mistake doesn't define you. And your mistakes don't define who you are and they don't define your future. So we can't let them affect us. Every time we repent, God wipes our slate clean. So why should we torture ourselves over mistakes that we've made in the past that God has already buried and forgotten about? And I'm, I'm preaching myself to myself today too, church. I still struggle with self-confidence and with uplifting myself when I should and not being mean to myself because I, I do it too. I'll look in the mirror and I'll see something and I'm like, oh, man, I just, I wish that was different. And, and I let it affect me. I let it affect my attitude and I let it affect my spirit and I shouldn't because I am a creation of God. And while I may not be in society's perfect standards, that doesn't define me. I still, my body is still strong enough to breathe and my body is still strong enough to give me the strength and the energy that I need to get through my day. And because of that, I am thankful. I don't want to be mean to myself. I want to treat myself, treat yourself with love and respect. It doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of my own love. So the Bible is filled with verses telling us how to treat others, to love others, to love everyone. And it even says, love your neighbor as yourself. But, you know, we say it all the time. But if I was being honest, sometimes it is easier to love others more than I do love myself. And so sometimes that verse... (laughs) It's not always completely true because if I treat others how I treated myself, sometimes I'd be telling others, you don't look good today. (laughs) You don't look that great. You made a mistake. How dare you? And we don't want to do that. (laughs) If we wouldn't treat others that way, we shouldn't treat ourselves that way. So it goes both ways. Love your neighbor as yourself, but also love yourself as you would your neighbor. A lot of times we, you know, we do quote that verse in the mindset, treat others like we want to treat ourselves, but we need to treat ourselves like we treat others. And I'm, I'm a big believer in giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm always, if somebody was mean to me, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they had a bad day. It's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. Or, you know, somebody, you know, made a mistake in my past and now they're coming back and I know they made that mistake. And I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll give them a second chance. It's fine. I know they hurt me before, but maybe they're different now. Maybe they're better now. You know, I'm a big firm believer of, of second chances and giving people the benefit of the doubt. 
Or, you know, I, I try to go out of my way when I see somebody at the store that I, you know, I make eye contact with. I'm like, oh, I got to say something now because I don't want to be rude. And I'll be like, oh, I love your dress. You look, your dress is beautiful. Or I love your hair. Or, you know, something like I like to go out of my way to try and be kind to people and spread that little bit of joy because I know that can make somebody's day a lot better. But I need to learn to treat myself that same way and to look in the mirror and be like, you know what? You look cute today. That this mustard dress, I put it on this morning. So, you know what? Looks pretty good. I like it. <laughs> you need to treat yourself with love and respect. How dare I insult myself? Because when I insult myself, I'm insulting God. I'm insulting a creation of God. And every time I look in the mirror with disgust or every time I mess up and I get mad at myself and I'm not giving myself grace, I'm insulting God. I told you I wouldn't go very long if we could all stand. I don't know who this is for today. I don't know who needs to hear this. But somebody needs to be reminded that you are loved. You are enough. And God has created you the way you are for a reason. You are worthy of God's grace and his forgiveness. So be kind to yourself. Treat yourself with love, with respect, and be joyful. You can't talk down to yourself because then you'll be talking down to something that God has created. If God gives us grace and mercy and endless second chances, we need to learn to give ourselves grace and mercy and endless second chances. We can't tear ourselves down over our mistakes, over our flaws, or over our imperfections. And we can't keep comparing ourselves to others around us or to what we see on social media and wanting what others have and wanting to do what other people can do. We have to trust in God and know that His ways are better than our ways. As I was writing this sermon, it reminded me of the, the song Lauren Daigle says, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I, you know, and, and all those words talking about how when I feel broken, God is still sees me. And when I feel hurt that God, he's still there. When I can't even feel him, his love and his grace is still there. So I can't look at myself in the mirror and say, I don't feel good today. I look awful. I'm terrible. Like, we can't do that to ourselves. We have to be kind to ourselves, to our lives. I want everyone to point at yourself and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want you, when you look in the mirror, I want you to say that. I want you to say, I am a child of God. I have been created for a purpose higher than I can even imagine. I have been created for, for a purpose. I've been created by God and designed meticulously. The Bible says that God knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows every detail about you and God doesn't make mistakes, church. He doesn't make mistakes. And so the reason you are who you are is because God has designed you to be that way. He doesn't want us comparing ourselves to other people or trying to be something else that we're not because there's already a brother David in the world. So I don't need to try and be David. There's already a sister Haley in the world. I don't need to try and be like her. I need to be Allison. I need to be who God has created to me to be. And these altars are open. If you would like to make your way to come and pray, I ask that you give yourself to God today. Every fear, every doubt, every struggle that you've been dealing with, when you look in the mirror and you see worthlessness and you see hurt, I want you to give that to God today. 
and learn to treat yourself with love and respect because God has created you in his own image. And so we do not have the right to tear ourselves down. No one in this world can define you and that even includes yourself. You cannot define yourself, only God can. So I pray that you give it all to him today and that we can leave this place with our hearts and our minds on God and trusting him and knowing that we are designed perfectly in his image. Hallelujah.